Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question, are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. So today is the third Sunday of Advent. It's a day we call Gaudete Sunday. And that name comes from the Latin word Gaudete in our entrance antiphon. We were singing a version of that in English. We say, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Indeed, the Lord is near. Now the rose-colored candle and our rose-colored vestments. And I saw some people wearing rose-colored ties and clothes and such. Very good for being liturgically clothed today. All of that reminds us to pause and remember to celebrate the fact that Christ is coming soon. Christ is coming at Christmas, but also the second coming of Jesus is something that needs to be on our mind. Now, two years ago, I preached on Gaudete Sunday, and as you might expect, the theme of my homily was rejoice. When I preached in English, I think I made the point. I also preached in Spanish that day. I can't speak Spanish, but I can read the words. Maybe not well, but I think understandably. However, there are days when I struggle Gaudete Sunday 2020 was one of those days. Rejoice in English translates, there's a number of ways of tra- to translate it, but one of the words was, and there's similar versions of that. Well, on that day, for some reason, I couldn't get that word right. And you might say, so what? You messed up one word. Well, I had forms of that word 29 times in my homily. And as you might imagine, it made the homily a struggle for me, and as you also might imagine, the people listening had it worse. It was a brutal 15-minute struggle for every one of us. So why would I bring up struggles when our theme is to rejoice? And that's because the readings have a hefty focus on the struggles that people can have. We all have our burdens to carry. Do you have something you struggle with? We all do. Do you look forward to moving past that struggle? 
Well, that's what the seasons of Advent and Christmas are about. The power of God coming to save us. So let's consider that idea in three parts. First, the future. Second, the past. And third, the present. So first, the future. And that is to say, let's consider the time when struggles are gone. And this consideration takes up most of our readings today. We hear a list of human pains and how God will eliminate them. And if you'll bear with me, I want to repeat most of that because I think the list makes a point. So listen to these and see if any apply to you. In Isaiah, we heard, strengthen the hands that are feeble, make firm the knees that are weak, fear not hearts that are frightened. The eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf will be cleared, the lame will leap like a stag, the tongue of the mute will sing, the ransomed will return home. And then in the psalm, we sung the reminders of what God has in store for us. There will be justice for the oppressed. The hungry will have food. Captives will be set free. Sight will be given to the blind. Those who are bowed down will be raised up. Strangers will be protected. The fatherless and the widow will be sustained. In the gospel, Jesus, Jesus described his work. The blind will regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor hear good news. Those are some long lists. And maybe one of those ailments that was on the list affects you. Or maybe you didn't see your problem listed. A couple years ago, I was hoping to read, The Mouth of the Gringo Will Habla Espanol. It didn't make the list. But that's okay, because even if your particular struggle didn't get recorded in Scripture, here's the point. We're bombarded with those lines of Scripture today, so we're aware that we should be anticipating joy. Get ready, because God is working. Your struggles are going to be ended. And yes, that means your physical and emotional struggles, but God has even bigger plans. Your guilt, your sin... Your separation from true joy is about to be over. So rejoice. So second, that's the future, but how can we know that God will really do those things? So to answer that question, let's look at the past. In fact, that's what Isaiah did in the first reading. He was reading to the Israelites who were exiled in a foreign country. They'd been conquered by a foreign nation and sent to live among those people. A modern-day example might be Ukraine. Those people were invaded by a foreign power, and many of them have been exiled to other parts of the country and some scattered around the world. Imagine their pain right now as they ask themselves, will I ever be able to return home? Or what do I do with my life now that my home is gone? And that's how the Israelites felt. They were abandoned, distant from anything good, heartbroken that they might not ever return home. But Isaiah is writing to them today to say, don't forget the past. God has solved this problem before. Remember when your ancestors were slaves in Egypt? Remember all of the mighty things he did to save you? The plagues, the night of the Passover, the parting of the Red Sea, giving you food from nowhere in the desert, making water flow from a rock. Like Isaiah reminded the Israelites, do you have any examples from your life 
What stories do you remember of answered prayers? What miracles have you seen? In the gospel, Jesus was asking those people a similar question. John's disciples went to see this Jesus, who this Jesus dude was, and what did Jesus say to them? He said, remember what was promised in the past? It's coming true. God's promises are fulfilled in me. When we consider our own struggles, do we ever doubt that Jesus is going to answer us? I would suggest that that's fairly normal. You're not a bad person for wondering if God's going to answer you. However, let's strengthen our own weakness by recalling what God has done in the past. Think about all the glorious victories of Scripture. There's too many to list, but some ideas like the the escape of the Israelites from Egypt, the defeat of the pagan priests by Elijah. That's a story I love. Jesus defeating the Pharisees in their attempts at trickery. Of course, we should always recall the greatest victory of them all, the glorious resurrection from the dead of Jesus Christ. Spend some time thinking about God's work in your past. What have you witnessed? So third, we long for a future with no struggle. We can be consoled by the victories of the past, but how are we supposed to be in the present? And so far, I've ignored the second reading from James but now let's repeat the first line of that reading and answer how we handle the present. Be patient, brothers and sisters. And I don't, know, I don't know if you notice that we read four verses today, and in four verses the word patient appeared four times. We're told, be patient like a farmer who waits for his crop. Be patient like the prophets of God. Be patient until the coming of the Lord. Is there anybody here who likes to exercise patience? Not me. Our world, in fact, encourages us and gets us used to immediate responses. I can go submit an order online and have it at my door later today. I used to wait patiently until 10 p.m. to get news. And now I need to have that news right now. And that's because I think we get this feeling that waiting stinks. But that's what we're all asked to do. Like our Spanish-speaking parishioners who were patient with me, we're called to patiently wait for the next victory of God. It's also important to remember that when God does work, we might not get exactly what we expected. The people at the time of Jesus were waiting for a Messiah, and they expected a political ruler who would defeat the pagan Romans and make the Israelites a great nation again. When John's disciples went to see Jesus, that was part of his point. He explained the miracles he was performing. He didn't say, check the public opinion polls, I'm leading. In fact, he dismissed the idea altogether in his statement, blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. In my own life, I had this explained to me years ago. When one of my loved ones was about to start cancer treatment at MD Anderson, my friend and oncology nurse, Carol, took me on a tour of the hospital. And while we were there, she explained to me, Mike, you're going to see a miracle. It might not be the one you want, but you're going to see a miracle. So as we wait, let's be patient. Let's also look out for the miracles we don't expect. So like I mentioned, on December 13th, 2020, 
the poor Spanish-speaking people of St. Anthony were tortured by my attempt to speak their language. My theme was rejoice, but I was worried the people would have walked away with the theme of crucify the deacon. Fortunately for me, the Hispanic community at our parish is a warm and loving people, and the theme I heard from them after that homily was poor deacon. We love you. Thank you for trying. What a beautiful model of patience and God's love they were to me, and they continue to be. God's love reminds us that he has a beautiful future for us. He's demonstrated his love in the past, and he asks us to patiently wait in our present. Our challenge this week is to slow down before Christmas. Spend some, time, some quiet time considering three things. What am I doing to build my virtue of hope for the future? What examples of God's work in the past do I recall? And am I patiently watching for miracles in my everyday life? I think the best way to end this homily is with a quote my wife reminded me of from C.S. Lewis. At the end of the final book of the Narnia series, a book called The Last Battle, is this line that reminds us of what we look forward to when we finally meet our Lord in the end. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has ever read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. Rejoice, everybody. God is coming. St. Anthony of Padua.